it, how long have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 179. It's the middle of November 2018. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Gee, Liam, not much to talk about this week, huh? No, quite a week. Quiet week, nothing going on. So much to talk about. And so many things we can't talk about. Where do you want to start? New WWE champion or Becky Lynch? Becky Lynch feels like a bigger deal to me. Uh, isn't that a weird thing to say? <laughs> <laughs> it's these. This is the age we live in. Titles don't matter anymore. No, it's true. Stars do, and... Ronda and Becky sure feel like the the biggest stars in the company right now, don't they? By far. Like, I think you could make an argument for... You really can't make an argument for anyone else, but I was going to play devil's advocate and try to make an argument for AJ or Brock, but AJ, I think, is done after this week, and, uh, and Brock is Brock, but... Becky Lynch broke her face in an angle on Raw on Monday night. Do you think it's really a broken nose slash orbitable and they just decided to say broken face because it sounds cooler? Uh, I believe that was what uh, Dave Meltzer reported. It was, it was just a broken nose, and I believe that was the original report from... Uh, uh, what's his name? The guy from Fightful um, broke the story. Um, was that it was a broken nose and a concussion. So I think they just... the I think the story was that WWE just had to like jazz it up, I guess. I mean, this is one of those rare instances where I think <laughs> they've done a good job. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So as a result of Becky Lynch breaking her face in what I thought was a late, well, I, let's just talk about the angle first. Uh, they did another raw uh, sm- SmackDown invasion of Raw angle. They did the exact same angle that they did last year. A lot of people thought the angle was awesome. I thought it was lazy, and they lucked into something amazing <laughs> coming out of it. What did you think? Yeah, I mean that about covers it. I mean it's they kind of do this. They did this. I mean they didn't do this exact thing. I think t- the first year they did like a promo standoff where everybody just got in the ring and talked for a while before the brawl. Yeah, and then and then last year, yeah, as you mentioned, they just kind of did the same thing where you know people came through the crowd, people came through backstage, beat everybody up, ran ran wild. I mean, I guess it was this year; it was just the women, so that's slightly different. So as a result, uh, Nia Jax hit Becky Lynch in the face, broke Real her face, broke her face. We talked a little bit about this offline. Um, there's a lot to unpack here. There's the question of whether or not Nia Jax is unsafe. There's the question of how much they should or should not uh, lay things out in advance, even something as uh, simple as a brawl. And um, there's a question of what they've, or the matter of what they've done now uh, post-injury, where Becky Lynch, who already felt like the hottest act in the company 
somehow the vision of Becky Lynch standing with a bloody face in the crowd on Raw on Monday is going to be one of those iconic shots that we're going to see for years and years and years. Um, Lots to unpack here. Where do you want to start? Nia, uh, <laughs> what they've decided to do instead of Becky and Ronda now at Survivor Series, or uh, just Becky in general going forward? I guess we can kind of go in somewhat chronological order, so I guess we can start with the event itself. Sure. Um, Nia just punched her as hard as she could in the face. Like, that's what happened. <laughs> and Nia's been wrestling for a while now, and... I'm sure she didn't mean to do it, but feels like she should be able to throw a punch without breaking someone's nose. Do you, do you think she was at all irritated because she was doing spots with somebody else and Becky came in and tried to start doing spots with her? Possibly. I mean, I mean, she just kind of whipped around and, and hit the punch and then went back to the corner, so that kind of makes sense. But, man, she just, she just waffled her. And then, I mean, this is not... The first time, obviously, that Nia Jax has hurt someone. She, Zelina Vega uh, received a concussion from that elimination at the Battle Royal at Evolution. There was the, you know, the more famous examples of you know, the time she hurt Bailey twice in the same match. Um, the time she almost killed Charlotte. Um, is there another one in there? There's, there's two times where she almost killed Charlotte. I think, and I mean... I'm not saying it was her fault, but Alexa Bliss worked with her a lot this year, and Alexa Bliss has been hurt a lot this year. So, look, I'm just saying maybe maybe you need to go learn how to wrestle a little better. Or maybe you need everything planned out in your match to the single move, and and the, whoever's agenting your matches need to make sure that there's never a time where you're doing something that might hurt somebody it's really kind of sad and it's really kind of an indictment but i mean we're talking um i don't know if it was on the show or we were talking somewhere recently about how much actual ring time people like naya and tamina just to pick two names at random <laughs> uh actually get in singles matches uh, on house shows, they're generally doing multiple-person tag matches. I doubt they're going down to Orlando to work at the Performance Center to stay sharp or to work on, you know, work on different things. The way that some of the the people that you know kind of don't have a life outside of wrestling um, <laughs> uh, do. Um, I mean, it <laughs> you follow everybody on social media. Liv Morgan, Sasha Banks, Bailey are quite often at the performance center on their own time. Like, you know, whatever. I'm not saying that you have to do that. It's okay to punch the clock, as Kenny Omega says. But, you know, all I know is when, when she was in NXT, Naya had the idiot-proof, giant, uh, big-person, little-person match down. And now she's hurting people all the time. So uh, whatever you got to do to make her not hurt people, I think is cool. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, again, much like with the Brie Bella thing, when Brie Bella was hurting, like, six people every week. <laughs> like, this doesn't mean, I like, anybody thinks Naya, and I'm sure Naya has gotten some very, very mean messages. I'm sure in real life she feels bad about it. Obviously she didn't mean, doesn't mean she's a bad person. Doesn't mean that she's necessarily lazy 
or doesn't work hard, doesn't want to be better. But it's like, you, that's not, that's also not an excuse because you broke someone's face. <laughs> that's fair. So the, they decided to turn this into an angle. Um, I think they didn't smarten up Becky's boyfriend who then fired back at Naya on Twitter and then since deleted the tweet. Um, did you happen to see that? I, I saw Naya's tweet. I didn't see Becky's boyfriend's tweet. Okay. Uh, it was something along the lines of, uh, so Naya tweeted something like, hey, nobody's asking me how my hand is. Uh, this isn't, you know, we don't deliver mail. This is hard work. And, you know, tweeted a photo of her busted up hand. And then uh, Becky's boyfriend, who's a comedian slash actor, model slash uh, actress slash mattress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he uh, tweeted, wow, are you... It was something along the lines of... Um, are you just are you super unlikable or is this something that the WWE writers have come up with or something along those lines? Let me try to pull up the thing so I don't misquote the guy. Um, not that anyone cares. Uh, he, he tweeted, is this tweet you being an idiot or WWE writing trying to make you super hateable? <laughs> um, Turns out it was the latter. <laughs> yes. So he uh, then deleted the tweet, I guess, because he wasn't smartened up. Um, and, and then he was, but anyway, uh, I think this is going to be okay anyway, until they just, and then anytime they try to turn something into an angle, I get a little bit nervous. How do you pay this off with uh, these two on different brands? Well, I mean, the, the path to this, assuming as, as Dave Meltzer has now, uh, reported that Becky and Rhonda is now a WrestleMania match. Uh, Becky needs to lose the SmackDown title uh, before the Rumble, win the Rumble, and then move to Raw to challenge Ronda. And then at that February show, you can do Becky versus Nia. Yeah, that's fair, I guess. <laughs> like that, I mean, that's the way I would do it. Like that makes that makes the most sense to me. I mean, the brands don't matter. Can we just start doing matches? Like, <laughs> I'm not one. Usually we're advocating for stuff like not respecting the brand split and making your stories make sense. But, like, like they, if it's a they match already people don't actually want to see, <laughs> and if right. it's a match people actually want to see, you're like, yeah, well, we can't do it until, you know, we can't do it until after the draft because Naya's on Raw. That would, yeah, that would be kind of silly, so... Yeah, I mean I, that that to me is like you you then create the story of or I mean you can have Becky and Nia have some sort of confrontation in the Rumble itself if you want and then you do whatever you do the singles match at the February show and then you do Ronda and Becky at Mania that makes sense to me. Yeah. So as you pointed out, uh they decided to go with Charlotte and Ronda now. <laughs> and, and Becky and Ronda is the biggest match they could put on right now. What a what a world. What a life. Pretty crazy, huh? It's it's fun. Like it's 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 I mean it's or, cool, don't get me wrong. It's really cool. It's organic. Mick Foley has a giant boner right now. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. Imagine being in the front of Mick Pol Mick Foley sweatpants right now. Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, no, it's it's really cool, man. I'm I'm excited, and like for the record, I still think that Charlotte and Ronda will probably have a really like fun match on Sunday. So, I, like, I was never like 
not interested in seeing Charlotte and Ronda have a match. Obviously, Becky and Ronda is the much more interesting match. And now that you've sort of thrown gasoline onto that fire, it's, I mean, what you said, it's the biggest match they can put on right now. It's insane. It's absolutely insane, and it's 100% true. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, anyway, so this is one of those things where I feel like WWE has tried to f- push their agenda with with Becky and Ronda and, and with Charlotte, and circumstances have left them no choice but to do what is actually <laughs> best for business. <laughs> you mean like when CM Punk quit and they had no choice but to put Daniel Bryan in them and everybody hated Batista, and so they were forced to put Daniel Bryan over <laughs> Triple H and have him win the title? That is correct, yes. Yeah, I think there's a lot of parallels here. <laughs> well, uh, that, <laughs> that was the most exciting thing that happened in wrestling this week. Something happened on SmackDown that made us uh, scratch our heads. Uh, Daniel Bryan won the WWE title. Um, Sorry, not- could you repeat that? Daniel Bryan won the WWE title. Oh. And he turned heel. Yeah. Like, you know, if you told me, you know, Tuesday morning, hey, Daniel Bryan's going to win the title on SmackDown tonight. I thought, oh, hey, cool. They... <laughs> The heel turn is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, I guess the, the explanation is he felt stale as a baby face. He felt him and the Miz as a program was doing no one any favors anymore. He felt stale. He tapped out clean to AJ a couple of weeks ago in the title match. He was dead as a baby face. He had to go heel. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, and I don't want to just keep repeating uh, what I heard Dave Meltzer say, but I tend I tend to believe Dave Meltzer, especially when it's Daniel Bryan, because like those guys are friends. Yes. So generally, when he has Daniel Bryan <laughs> details, it's probably because it came from Daniel Bryan. Right. Um, but the story that Dave said was that yeah, Bryan really wanted to turn, and that he the, now the, they did mention the plan to put the title on Bryan was. This weekend, they made that decision. And then the heel turn wasn't decided until Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> All right. Apparently, they were going to turn him, but they weren't planning on turning him yet, probably because they were going to have Daniel Bryan wrestle Brock Lesnar, and it wouldn't make sense for Bryan to do to be a heel for that match. <laughs> but then they decided to get the maximum impact, I believe was the quote. They needed... Uh, they needed Daniel Bryan to win the title at, by turning heel. So I don't understand. I mean, to your point, I don't understand. Um, I didn't. I didn't feel like the turn had maximum impact. I I thought it was a little underwhelming. The people didn't really know how to react. There weren't that many people there. To be <laughs> it's been the case a lot lately, especially at SmackDown. Um. Yeah, even on on the UK shows, which are generally really well attended, and I mean, they gave, the UK SmackDown last year was the AJ Styles winning the title, so it's not like they had a really bad taste in their mouth. But I mean, I guess they were there in the spring. I don't really remember what they did then. But well, there was a note in the Observer last week that some independent promoters have uh, started to with you know there are whispers that you know whatever kind of indie um, boom. Uh, mini wrestling boom that instead of being a WWE boom has kind of been a smaller wrestling industry boom of late is about to 
bust <laughs> and that you know attendance is not just with WWE but there are signs kind of around the industry that things are maybe coming to an end <laughs> but, yeah um I, I don't know if you told me that people just hate WWE or are so turned off by so many years of bad booking I would I would believe that too but um Regardless, regardless, yeah, no. I I don't understand why they turned Daniel Bryan heel on Tuesday. Like you said, uh, even if they want to, if even if they wanted to do the to do the turn, I don't know why they did it on Tuesday. One because it didn't seem very impactful. Two now because we have a heel versus heel match on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, and I guess they figure people will just cheer cheer Bryan against Brock because it's Bryan versus Brock. But I mean, that's still it's still weird still weird that they made that decision and i mean i i i'm not as upset about this as i was with the gargano turn <laughs> um just because it like he really wasn't as over when he came back he was really over for like the first month and then he did that big cast feud and then he wrestled the bludgeon brothers and then he did the <laughs> miz and then he did the miz feud and like post that post losing to the Miz at SummerSlam, I mean, ever since the one like the one uphill was the Tuesday after SummerSlam when Brie Bella punched the Miz in the face really hard. <laughs> that was tremendous. Um, and and she and Brian cleared the ring and and had a big like that was the best Daniel Bryan babyface moment of his entire return so far. So, um. I'm not as against turning Daniel Bryan here, especially because you have AJ Styles, who has been the top AJ face for over a year and has basically beaten every heel on the roster. Um, so I'm fine with the idea of Bryan now being able to go and wrestle AJ and Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy and whoever else for the next few months while they figure out what they want to do. Um, so, I, I mean, long term, I'm not so against the idea of Brian being a heel. It's just, yes, I think, I think the timing and it just happening on, you know, an hour's notice, the match itself happening on an hour's notice. And then the, the title switch following the low blow. And then it wasn't just that he hit the low blow. And it wasn't even like an ambiguous thing where he cheated once, but he's going to pretend to be the good guy for another month. And then you do the full turn. Like he beat the crap out of styles after the match. So, it's you know it was it was it was deliberate and and vicious and he used like that that head stomp thing that he used to do in ROH a lot so I mean I'm I'm kind of excited that like because Daniel Bryan's still my favorite wrestler and I I like the idea that he's probably going to get the win a lot more now <laughs> um, and if <laughs> Becky Lynch is any indication he might end up being the biggest baby face in the company again so <laughs> yeah that's true. It so. it is it is always better to be a, a heel in WWE post like two thousand two. <laughs> yes, um, so I don't know. It's 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 the the timing because of the Brock match is really what makes this the most bizarre. But I mean, if you're asking my thoughts as a whole on the idea of turning him, yeah, I mean, it's of like the Sami Zayn, Becky Lynch, uh, Johnny Gargano. Uh, Daniel Bryan turns. Daniel Bryan's like number four on the how did they F this up list. <laughs> to me, like, I- I'm I'm on the fence on the idea of the turn at all. Like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, 
but as we discussed, and as you very, very well put uh, last week, there's a specific reason why AJ Styles is allowed to be the number one baby face and why Daniel Bryan can't even be the number one baby face <laughs> on, the, on the B show, can't even really be the number two baby face on the B show. So, it, like, this is probably better for Daniel Bryan long term, as, 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 as effed up as that is. Yeah, obviously, when he came back, you know, that the the fight for your dreams promo on, you know, on the day it was announced, he was clear he was the biggest baby face in the world, but it's been diminishing returns. And again, you can you can thank Big Ass and (laughs) and Eric Rowan for that. But and Kane and (laughs) and 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 everybody they've put him with since. But it's, you know, at this point, if you're trying to make, you know chicken salad out of chicken-ish, this is probably the best thing for everybody. Can we just discuss, since this has turned into a free-flowing discussion here, yes. let's just discuss, discuss, do you think it was a deliberate phasing down the way, that, the way that he's been booked? Or do you think they really thought they were doing him favors? I think it was a deliberate phasing him down. I mean, that's very possible. I mean, they, I mean if you remember, before... The second time he got hurt, they had already kind of phased him down, right? Like he ended up in the Intercontinental Ladder match, and he won that belt. And yeah. they were they were making it very clear that he was, you know, going to be, you know, at best number two, probably number three, uh, on the, on that show behind Roman and Cena at the time. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, I it could very well be a deliberate thing, and it might be lucky for him that they've. <laughs> that they've had AJ beat every other heel on the brand, <laughs> except for Orton. They never did AJ and Orton surprisingly, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's so it might be fortuitous for him to turn just because they didn't have a top heel. And despite what many people may like that, they're never putting the WWE title in the Miz. Like they're Miz is Miz. I don't think they, I don't think they see the Miz as a top heel. I think they see him as a heel that can work with top guys, but I don't think they see him as top number one heel. I think that ship has sailed, but I wouldn't put it. I and wouldn't not, put it I'm, past them. I'm not him. saying I necessarily agree with that because the Miz has done a really good job of keeping himself over and changing his look and trying to stay fresh. But I just think if like because I honestly because if they were going to put the title on him. They probably would have put the title on Miz now, because again they don't they didn't really have a top heel. Yeah. Um. So and the fact that they chose to turn Brian instead tells me that they have more faith in Brian as a top heel than in Miz as a top heel. That makes sense. You know, I watched a little bit of mixed match challenge this week, and by watched a little bit, I mean like the thirty second clips that they put on social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I I don't think Miz. It was the first time I ever saw Miz and thought, "Wow, Miz is getting old." <laughs> it's not; co- it wasn't cosmetically, because I think cosmetically he looks about the same as he always has. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of genetically gifted with; <laughs> he just doesn't age very much. I've got; I'd have to look at like a side by side of like now and 2011 or something. But yeah, I think you're mostly right. But but throwing those kicks, oh man. Time is taking its toll on the Miz. The road will own you, man. <laughs> it's a hard life. That's a hard life. Lots of rental cars. <laughs> I, think, I mean, think about it. He like takes like three months off a year to film these marine movies too. Yeah, and he's still that. 
I mean, yeah. Miz was never like a super great athlete anyway, so he's been like fighting his own genetic code for <laughs> the last 12 years as a professional wrestler anyway. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Lex, you suffered a psychotic break. <laughs> <laughs> Your genetic code, Lex. <laughs> We're doing Smallville shtick, folks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what we're doing here anymore. All right. War Games is this weekend. <coughs> Excuse me. War Games is this weekend. Survivor Series is this weekend. Uh, what are you excited for on War Games? What are you excited for on Survivor Series? Uh, I mean, obviously, the War Games match itself, I think, is going to be incredible, as we've mentioned. It can't possibly not be based on who's in it. And uh, I, I think. Uh, I think the uh I think Kyrie and, and Shayna will be really good. Um it's interesting. I know I know Triple H mentioned in the in the conference call they decided to just go with four matches on this show instead of the usual five because of time constraints and they didn't want to just throw a quick match, which is I know I know some people were upset, I guess, that the Matt Riddle Cassisono match got bumped to the T V taping. But I I'd, I'd rather give those guys like fifteen minutes on T V than you know, four minutes on the pay-per-view, right? Less product is better. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Four matches. Give them each a half hour. <laughs> yep. Let's get in and out of here in two hours. I got a three-hour tag team tournament show to watch at three o'clock the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean I'm and making right either artificially making the show longer because you needed to give these guys their full match or just trying to shoehorn an extra match in there and cutting everybody's time it's like yeah just let it just let everybody breathe and then you can you can still have your matches on nxt television and if anything the crowd will be much hotter for for riddle and ono on the pre-show because it'll be like the first thing they see so yeah, I think that I think as always, NXT is going to put on a really good show. I think Alistair Black and Johnny Gargano is. I don't know. You think you think this is the third five star Johnny Gargano match of the year? I'm I'm never betting against him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the dynamic is a little bit weird just because I feel like Black is kind of more of a heelish. He's more of a heelish babyface anyway, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, and and Gargano is doing like a babyfaceish <laughs> heel. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> but dynamics gonna be weird, and for that Shades reason, of gray, brother. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> um, speaking of, <laughs> you mentioned SmackDown felt like 1999 WCW this week. Yes, not in the way that it was like all bad or insanely stupid. The way 1999 WCW mostly was, but there's just so much happening and so many like weird. Like, that opening segment, it starts out as an AJ Styles promo. Heyman comes out. Brian comes out. They have a brawl. They announce a title match for the night. They, and they have to do the Becky Lynch stuff. Becky Lynch comes out. She she acts like she's going to give the match to, to Asuka, and the crowd goes crazy for that. And then she's like, no, I'm going to give it to Charlotte, her hated rival. And then she hugs Charlotte, which is really <laughs> dumb. Um, so So dumb. And thank God she's bulletproof right now. And the crowd didn't turn on her. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. They didn't. They did not want to see Becky well, anointing one, they didn't Charlotte. Really want to see Charlotte. She didn't want to see her pick Charlotte at all. But they really didn't right. want to see Becky hug Charlotte. They want to see her call right. her a B. Exactly. <laughs> nothing. Um, <laughs> nothing in wrestling is better 
than Becky Lynch calling somebody bitch. <laughs> Nothing. It's my favorite thing in wrestling. It's pretty great. <laughs> um, and, it's just, and then, and, and then, yeah, doing the main event where one of the top baby faces seemingly turns for no reason, and you do a title switch three day, or five days before your pay per view. It's just like, man, this feels WCW <laughs> to me. It's just so much going on, and again, not all of it's bad, but it's just like your freaking head is spinning by the time it's over. I, I thought that the Usos promo was pretty wacky on SmackDown, but I actually kind of liked it. Yeah, I did uh, too. I liked, kind of... I liked it that all the teams are like buddies. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So that brings us to Survivor Series, where there's a bunch of brand versus brand matches that really no one cares about. <laughs> and they desperately tried, like in the last two weeks, to make you care about a rivalry between Raw and SmackDown, but they only bring up once a year for two weeks mm-hmm. at a time. <laughs> Just Survivor Series is doing nothing for me. I, I'm gonna watch it because this is my life now. But <laughs> I think there's gonna be good matches on the show. I think most of the matches will be good, probably. Rollins and Nakamura should be good, even if Nakamura's got nothing left in the tank and he doesn't. Well, but like Nakamura had a good match with Rusev last month on yeah. SmackDown TV. Like okay, a, like the crowd was, and like the crowd was into it, and he worked hard. So I think if he had a good match. Even a pretty good match with Rusev. Seth Rollins, who is probably the best worker on the main roster, should be able to get like a really good match out of him. And they also have the backdrop of Seth being so heartbroken over Dean uh, throwing his vest into a trash fire on <laughs> on Monday. Yeah. So I think I think uh, Nakamura will probably win that match because you know either Dean will distract him or because you know Seth will just be so heartbroken. Brian and Lesnar, are they gonna do a squash or are they gonna is Brock actually gonna work this year this year? Well that's that's always the thing. Like why again why this makes so little sense. My thought was maybe they turned Brian because it's gonna be a squash and Brock doesn't want to work. And so they're like, okay, <laughs> well well now that he's a heel, people can't get mad that like Brock squashes him. But I mean, the other side is like, it just, does it make sense to the guy you just turned to and is going to be your top heel on a brand get just destroyed by somebody? I like, I don't like, none no. of this makes any sense, man. None of it no. makes any sense at all. It, it doesn't make sense, but I will say if there is a question, look, Brock's, Brock's putting Drew over at Mania. <laughs> and, uh, Drew's going to be anointed. So if anyone's, you know, if anybody's doing the job Sunday, it's Brian. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that Brian's losing. I just think you, like, does does Brock do like what he did with AJ last year, where you know he lets Brian work over his arm and put him in the in the yes lock before he f fives him and pins him one two three. It's going to be so weird watching this match. It's such a bizarre <laughs> scenario. It's because I mean, Brian can't he can't talk before SmackDown on Tuesday. If he's if if they're doing this match and that's how they work it where like, you know, Brock gives Brian some offense, then he really he can't heal on the fans until Tuesday. Right. So maybe you maybe it's the other way then. Maybe he does like they try to interview him and he won't talk about it. Yeah, and they, that's fair. and they and right before the match they show the recap of him, you know, turning on AJ. 
Yeah. And so they, and you try to get the fans to like actively root for Brock to beat him, beat him down real quick and beat him. I don't, I don't know, man. It's really, it's all very weird. Like, <laughs> It's that's the only word I can think to describe it. I I have no idea how this will go exactly, other than that Brock will probably. Well, I mean, will definitely win with an F five. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be fun. it'll be a fun dynamic. Weird, but a fun dynamic. And hey, Brian gets the match that he's been trying to get since like two thousand and fifteen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, the bar against AOP. Interesting. Interesting. Speaking I was of heel uh, versus heel. I was thrilled to hear uh, Big Show's music playing <laughs> after <laughs> after Big Show victory on SmackDown here in November of 2018. <laughs> that did strike me. I was watching the, the New Day <laughs> six-man tag with the bar and Big Show. I'm like, watch Big Show. And it's not even like, like, it's like this version of Big Show where he can't really do anything anymore. Yeah. It's like, I've watched this version of Big Show for like, 10 years now like if i was a wrestler i would keep coming back for the paychecks too like sure. i would ne- i would absolutely never retire i, I would be doing him i would be doing all these horrible shows but really for like artistic purposes big show should have retired after that stroman cage match that was like a miracle match they had like a three and three quarter or four star cage match yeah on tv remember when he somehow got people to cheer roman reigns in that last man standing (laughs) match in like 2014 i don't remember any of their matches (laughs) i know they wrestled a lot i I don't remember any of like extreme rules 2015 (laughs) and it was like shockingly good and roman got cheered Oh, man. Point being, yes, Big Show's uh, big days are, you would think, are behind him. But here he is as a sort of like player coach manager of <laughs> Cesaro and Sheamus. I mean, there are there are worse uses f- for him. Like, yeah, I- it's fine. And they'll do some kind of funny spot where like he he and the. Uh, the, the what's Xavier? I, I no, um, uh, but, Oh, uh, yeah. Um. Duke, Duke nicely. What's his name? Lonnie Donigan. <laughs> Lonnie Donigan, the manager of AOP. Yeah, they'll do like a big uh, stare down spot, and then Big Show will punch him in the face, and it'll be funny. Dak Dak Prescott. <laughs> Dak Shepard. It's, it's Drake name? Maverick for the record, <laughs> but I honestly couldn't remember when we started this bit. <laughs> And I hadn't I hadn't done the Lonnie Donegan joke in a while, so you know I gotta gotta keep those in the chamber. Sure, sure. <laughs> gotta pop the people. Do you think they do a finish in Charlotte and Ronda? Yeah, I think Ronda's gonna win. All right. I mean, Charlotte can always win the SmackDown title and wrestle whoever at WrestleMania. Like, I'm sure she'll still have a very prominent role at WrestleMania. Um. But yeah, I think, I think, uh, I mean, I mean, I guess the alternative is, if you really want Charlotte to be the first one to beat Ronda, then uh, you get like Nia involved, <laughs> and you have Nia cost Ronda the match to set up their feud. But yeah, otherwise, I, I mean, I think, I think Ronda's probably winning. I hadn't really thought about it. I guess that makes sense. Heard heard a theory on the. Um... Raw women versus SmackDown women match that maybe Bailey and Sasha cost Team Raw 
the match. They could uh, do that. Like they 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 both really need to go to SmackDown <laughs> for a million reasons. Well, there is a vacant spot on the SmackDown women's team now due to uh, Charlotte now being in the Ronda match. Mm. So perhaps either Sasha or Bailey will defect. I'm not bold enough to call that a scoop, but it'll probably just be Mandy Rose, honestly. But yeah, that seems it seems way too creative to me to suggest that they might like defect or cost them the match. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and like you said, yeah, I think I think it's never you'll rarely go wrong betting that uh, if there's an open spot that it's going to go to a white blonde. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so casually mentioned, like it, they didn't make it seem like, oh, there's some big reveal coming. They're like, and whoever the fifth woman will now be for SmackDown <laughs> as they were kind of running down the, the pay-per-view card at the end of the show. Um, so, yeah. They'll probably have Kathy Kelly announce it on Snapchat, like on Friday <laughs> morning at 10 a.m. I'll be watching. Uh, <laughs> I've watched Kathy's uh, new Whoa. YouTube show uh-huh. where she uh, she cooks with people. <laughs> talking snack. Yes, talking <laughs> snack. It's it's quite <laughs> enjoyable. She made cookies with Alexa Bliss last week, and uh, and then the week before she made ha- uh, Halloween treats with the Boogeyman. It's quite quite lovely. It's a lovely show. <laughs> I'm only mad that Talking Snack, it was not the name of a cooking show hosted by Renee Young. Um, aside from that, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy for you and Kathy, and I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure you guys are going to get married on top of a mountain. That's, I mean, that's the dream. <laughs> All right. I don't think we're going to top that. Oh, you don't want to talk about the Shane McMahon men's, the Shane McMahon Memorial Men's Survivor <laughs> Series 10 man? No. No, no, I don't. Do you? <laughs> Not really. So Braun, Braun's in this. Stephanie Braun and Drew are in it. Stephanie did everything but promise him sexual favors in exchange for his help in helping Raw defeat SmackDown. Correct. And if Braun helps Raw defeat SmackDown, he gets a match with Corbin and a future title match against Brock. So I think Braun's going to help Raw win. <laughs> so, so Raw's going to win again. Probably, yeah. I mean, I don't. Do they do it on points? Like, I don't freaking. Does know. Braun have to help the entire like brand win, or can he just win his match and get those? I I think it's probably just his match, right? I, mean, I guess. I mean, there's nothing really on the line for it. Although I will say, did you see they announced that the winners of the mixed match challenge get number thirty in the men and women's Royal Rumbles? Yes, I did see that. What a creative idea to have like <laughs> stuff mean th- something. And you know that, you know, the writers assigned to Mixed Match Challenge are probably, you know, in terms of tenure out of a group of, you know, 24, or 28 or 30 people or whatever it is. It's probably like writers 28 and 29 that are uh-huh. <laughs> that are and they came up with that and somehow got it through. Yeah. They're like, hey, what about what if we did this? Uh, yeah, sure, kid, whatever. <laughs> Right, a little Facebook show. <laughs> right, and it got through enough that they announced it, and I was like, "No take backs." You said it. <laughs> right, exactly. It's very interesting. Yeah, but uh, I I would like that, and I always feel like that was something they could have done. You know, the winning brand gets like two draft picks that they get to take the, from the other show, uh, or something. I don't know. It feels feels like there's stuff they could do. 
but they don't. So I guess they'll have a match for uh, brag. I, I was going to say bragging rights, but on the bragging rights shows back in the day, they at least had a big old trophy. That is correct. So there are what six matches announced for first uh, Survivor Series. Uh, does that include Buddy Murphy versus whoever he's wrestling? No. So I guess that's seven. There's a two-hour pre-show. Correct. So, so there's usually one match in each hour of the pre-show. But like a six... Well, I guess if they're doing a bunch of multi-person elimination matches, I guess you know six matches will fill three and a half hours or four and a half hours or however long that show is going to be Sunday night. Yeah, but, but it's going to be long. Interesting, interesting. Survivor Series 2018. It's going to be a weird weekend, guys. It is. It certainly is. So we got NXT Saturday night. We've got New Japan World Tag League overnight Saturday into Sunday. What are the chances that New Japan World Tag League ends in something that ends up in like a four-way tag match? I don't think that I don't think it'll happen in the uh, regular uh, tag tournament here. Okay. I think it's probably just going to be the LIJ team (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) Like that's, that's probably what's going to happen, but that's fair. um, Anyway, I, I think that the takeover is going to be the best show of the weekend. I think that's generally a safe bet. Most times when there's a takeover show, that it'll be the best wrestling (laughs) show of the weekend. Awesome. All right. Got anything else you want to get to? No, I don't think we're gonna. I mean, really, we should have tapped out right after the Kathy Kelly stuff. But uh, <laughs> no, let's uh, let's wrap it up and, and and take it on home. Awesome. All right, everybody. Hey, Liam, you know what next week is? Well, next week is Thanksgiving, which means it must be time for our fifth annual Thanksgiving spectacular. Tremendous. So you got that put forward to everybody. All right. Till next time, I'm Ethan, and I'm Liam, and we'll be back next week for Thanksgiving spectacular and more stories from the wrestling life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, We've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys.
down. Uh, this is from Ryan in uh, Philadelphia. You ever been there? Yeah, great place, Philly. Well, what did you like about Philly? Oh, I had a, had a nice uh, Philly cheesesteak. Well, funnily enough, yes. this is where the question is. Oh, it's Craig, did you ever have a Philly cheesesteak? And if so, was it delicious? <laughs> I did, and it was great. <laughs> They've got two uh, restaurants. The big thing in uh, Philly, as I remember, the two... Uh, Cheesesteak places, Geno's and Pat's, That's right? right. Geno's and, and they're Pat's, very yeah. close to each other. That's true. And people say Geno's and Pat's. Is it Geno's or do you like Geno's or Pat's? Right. But then, then people who are really from Philadelphia go, oh, I can have all that. And they all go somewhere else. <laughs> but some unnamed place. It's like a local sort of dive people know about. Serge. Serge. Serge has the best silly cheese. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, he could probably call in and talk about it if he could look up the number, but he can't. Wait. <laughs> this is this better be good. Hello? Hello? Hello, this is Serge. Oh, hello, Serge from Philadelphia that makes cheesesteaks? Yes, how are you? I heard you talking about our place. They have the best cheesesteaks. You're from? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm from uh, Bulgaria and then I live on the Upper West Side of New York for about 20 years. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, much the same. I'll speak to you later. Okay, come by. Ha Goodbye come to by. You. Have a steak, okay. <laughs> Man, we should really rehearse something. That's sometimes. great. Hmm. This is from Ari in Penn's Landing in New Jersey. He says, uh, Craig, you keep mentioning Soren Kierkegaard on your show. Are you obsessed with him? No. Soren Kierkegaard, the gorgeous Danish philosopher from the 19th century? You're a little, you're a little obsessed. You're a little obsessed. Sometimes I think about him. <laughs> what, no? What oh, the hell, man? Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's it? I thought maybe a little music, or I thought yeah, you might call me or something, but no. <laughs> Fine. Just show a picture of Soren Kierkegaard. Yeah, oh, that'll... Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> okay, if this is what you want to do. <laughs> Hello? Hello, this is Soren Kierkegaard. <laughs> well, what a surprise. I thought you were dead. No, I'm still around, and I'm making great cheesesteaks. I try to keep on keeping on